This is a HeadGum Podcast. Andrew, ever try to write something and you get stuck? Constantly. Every single day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sometimes that sometimes happens to me, and I learned from R.L. Stein on Masterclass that sometimes it's helpful to outline your story first. So that way when you like have to figure out what it is you're writing, that you're not surprised while you're sure. writing it. You've already Thanks. thought about it. Thanks, Bob. That's good advice. He has some good advice. And I would like to tell you that Masterclass makes a meaningful gift this season for you and anyone on your shopping list. Whether you're watching Masterclass on TV, listening in audio mode in the app or on their site, the quality speaks for itself with Masterclass instructors ready to help you reach the next level. Andrew, one-on-one classes from the world's best could cost hundreds to thousands of dollars. Whoa. But with Masterclass annual memberships, it's $10 a month. Whoa. Memberships start at $120 a year for unlimited access to one-on-one classes with all 180-plus Masterclass instructors. Uh, I've used Masterclass. I think it's a great source for inspiration as well as practical takeaways. There are over 180 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like Neil Gaiman's Art of Storytelling class that can help you create convincing characters that inhabit vivid fictional worlds this holiday season give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash overdue right now you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash overdue masterclass.com slash overdue offer terms apply Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. It's all Greek to me, baby. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, but I bet yeah. it's about the Greeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, their we, myths. We do a lot of a lot of Greek stuff. We're in for a Greek mode right now. We're in We've a, entered yes. our Greek era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear eras are big. Can we have eras, Andrew? Yeah, we can have eras. It's not copyrighted to have eras, right? We can, as long as we don't go on tour about them. I think that we can have eras. <laughs> okay, we're gonna <laughs> welcome to our eras show. As long as we don't want a C and D lettered Taylor's version. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good. We show. need to not go. Thank you. We need to not go on a on an eras tour. But we can. But we can be in a Greek era, which okay. is what we're doing. Yes. Yes, because this is the book podcast where one of us, or sometimes both of us, read a book and tell the other person, or and or the listener at home about it. Andrew, what book did we read together or individually on our own time? And now we're coming together for this week's show. The Sea of Monsters. Spooktober's back. Whoa. <laughs> it's the second book in the Percy Jackson series. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The great band. Yep. Uh, we read the first one for, what, episode 600? Correct. And we're back. And now we're back to read the second one. I think, yeah, we're going to read all five of these boys. Not going to read past the fifth one, I think. No, because there are two subsequent <laughs> series of five, and probably also some more other ones. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is which is fine, but we're not. We, we've we've staked out our chunk of this empire, and that's all we're gonna do. But yeah, and it, 
this read for me, which I'll try to chart as we go through, you know, charting through the sea of monsters and whatnot, was I was very aware of it as a book that you might read with kids as much as kids might read on their own. Okay. That that is coming from our own like we have friends who have kids who have like have read through this series with their parents or or whatever or are currently doing so so I'm, it's on my mind um but also just like i don't know the age of percy and the intended reader just really hit me mm-hmm. in this one perhaps even more so in the first one just sure like what the concerns of the characters are as well as what the tone of the delivery is. Yeah, there, there were a few in this read. What a few there were a few instances of stink language that stood out to me. <laughs> yeah, I noticed where the stink sometimes language. like preteens or kids think that things that are like stinky are, are funny. the funniest. So one of the one of the early plot points, in fact, hinges on oh, so glad you the brought this up. Gas in yep. a boy's locker room yes. being so mm-hmm. prevalent and f- also flammable yep. that it could explode. Like a whole gym? The, the, the door off its hinges <laughs> if it were lit on fire. <laughs> and this is an actual non-supernatural thing that, that happens in, a in this fantastical of, world. <laughs> yeah. In a book full of ghosts and monsters and centaurs. Like, this is just a, a boy's locker room that had too much methane in it. Yeah, and there are just a few there are a few other instances of like, oh, this is stinky. Yes, yes. Where you don't really get that as much in say a Harry Potter. And I think maybe I need, I need to check myself before I wreck myself with Harry Potter references. Cause it's my main, like this, this book came out. We already talked about the author yeah. Rick Riordan a lot in the previous episode. So we're not going to revisit a lot Mm-mm. of this, of, of his stuff, but this came out in 2006. It's clearly like writing this wave of like series fiction written for, this age group that's you know Harry, Harry this stuff has always existed but Harry Potter kind of supercharged it I think well and what um, after we did Harry oh, we didn't do the Harry Potter series no but after we, we only did, did the first one yes yeah. but after we did some other series we did at one point turn to the Hunger Games which is happening just a few years after a little this later series than this, starts yeah. mm-hmm. and it is definitely skewing a little older it's like you read harry potter but you're also older now so what if the kids all murdered each other yeah but even though i i had campers that i worked with at that time that were very and they were like the same kids who would probably be reading percy jackson and they were very invested in hunger games and i was like Mm -hmm. great do you also play call of duty i don't Mm -hmm. want to hear about it it scares me (laughs) Uh, but yeah i'm with you like i just this is I do not recall the same level of stink from some of those other series. And mm-hmm. partially, I, I, maybe it's just because you're in Percy's POV. I don't know what it is. It's just, a, mm-hmm. it's an interesting. I know, we talked about Riordan as like a teacher, right? Who like yeah. made up these stories for his kids. And then. And in his author's note in the back of this, he's like, thanks to all my beta testers yep. who are all <laughs> actual children. Yes, that's true. Um, so yeah, so this was published 2006, as we said. There was a film adaptation in 2013 that literally killed the film franchise. Yes, there was a planned, like the, the third one was in development, but yep. did not end up going anywhere. And there was no more Percy Jackson adaptation stuff happening until like Disney bought the rights. Yes. 
And is that show on now or is it still in development? Or there is a Disney Plus show that's somewhere in the ether, somewhere in the development pipeline is a Disney Plus show. It is not out yet, I don't think. But it's scheduled to premiere on December 20th, 2023. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, Most of the, when I try to find Riordan talking about this book, it is just him talking about that movie. Mm-hmm. And the phrase meat grinder <laughs> and other things that come up with his feelings about those movies. Yeah. And it's like, this is, a, I mean, it, it gets to a dynamic in movies. And this is, this is why there hasn't been a Star Trek movie mm. in uh, like 10 years, pushing 10 years, something like 10 years. Is this movie made $200 million on a $90 million budget, which. If you do the math, 200 million is in fact a larger number than 90 million. It is. But because it was not a like yep. Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel yep. Cinematic yep. Universe level mega hit. Correct. Nobody was interested in continuing to to milk this cow, this mythological cow. Which is a bummer. I mean, I'm I'm glad that maybe they stopped making movies that made Rick Riordan sad, but mm-hmm. it's a bummer that like a movie can't just make a profit and move on. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, it w- where the next book is the Titan's Curse, which comes out in two thousand seven. Um, this has been made into a graphic novel. It's like I I read one common sense review of this book, Common Sense Media, mm-hmm. um, that said uh, <laughs> this is from Epals says uh, age eight or thirteen years old. The reviewer. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Sea of Monsters is the worst of the original series. Whoa. But that's only because of the rest of the books are so good. Okay. So, like, it also says there's about the same amount of violence as the first one, in case you were wondering. I could, that actually makes me feel better about having three more of these to read, because I didn't have, like, a bad read of this, no, but I did, yeah. I did have a whatever read of it. A little whatever read, mm-hmm. which I think was maybe why I had, like, brain cycles to think about it as, like... Okay, what about this is doing stink language to in the, <laughs> glad we've glad coined, you coined stink it. Yeah. language. Yes. <laughs> well, cuz there's also there's like a quote later. I'll just bring it up now cuz I I have it pulled. Um at one point they're climbing um like a cliff face. This is towards yeah. the end of the book. They're on a cyclops mm-hmm. island. We're, we'll mm-hmm. tell you about what this series is. Yeah, we'll tell you about, about it. Don't worry about is. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Percy Jackson, he's a preteen boy. Uh, or a son teenage. of son of Poseidon and yes. some lady <laughs> and some lady. Um, he is climbing a cliff with his friend Annabeth. They're on an adventure, and uh, it kind of yada yadas them the dr- the drama of them climbing this cliff, which mm-hmm. I thought was an interesting way to deliver that part of the story. But he's like, yeah, and then Annabeth almost fell, but she caught her foot on my face, and <laughs> that was okay. Though I'd never quote. Though I never really wanted to know what Annabeth's sneaker tasted like, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm. I mean, you didn't. Yeah, she stepped on your face. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, wouldn't a foot taste bad? It's like yeah. a lot of it's. There's it's a, of a piece with stink language. It is. It is because um, taste and stink are closely associated. When he is under, when he is a, attached to a sheep like Odysseus does, and in, in the Odyssey. Um, imagine a winter sweater that's been dragged through the mud and left in the laundry hamper for a week. That's like what the underside of a sheep is like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that those little things to break up the plotting and the mythical references to be like, 
hey, kid, there's kid stuff here. Yeah. 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 I think. And those parts feel the most like explicitly middle grade fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so should we do a recap of just like where we're at? What the, What is on the table following the first book, Andrew? Yeah. So, okay. So Percy Jackson is a, is a half-blooded... He's a demigod. Yeah. yeah, he's a demigod. Uh, he's the son of Poseidon and some lady, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. In the first book, he is plucked from his sort of hard scrabble life because things keep happening to him that he doesn't understand. Yeah. But he's a wizard, Harry, and he get, <laughs> you're a wizard. <laughs> you're a wizard, Percy. He gets whisked off to Camp Half-Blood. Yes. Which is a magical camp where all these all the the half human, half God children go. Correct. The thing with Percy is there's a prophecy that may or may not be about him. Yeah. And so the big three gods, Poseidon, Zeus, and Hades. This is still after, the wildest after, part of this the is Percy still Jackson so weird. mythos. After the half after the demigods that they had with human women caused World War II. Think about it. Um <laughs> They all agreed we are not going to have any more kids with mortals after this. Correct. Because we caused World War II and all of the many things associated with World War II. And since then, there has been a new... Including pro- nuclear bombs and the Holocaust. Yes. Just just, just making the subtext into text. Uh, Even the Minions <laughs> movies are like, yeah, no, the Minions weren't... A, because the thing, the, thing with those, in a cave. The, the thing with those movies is that the minions always serve the evilest person who's alive at that time. But in the lore of the minions movies, the yes, the minions were locked in a cave during the phase where they would have been Hitler's minions because just like these little butt monsters who say banana all the time <laughs> would not be as cute if they were helping, you know. If they were in there with like gobbles or whatever, just like if I had worked on Oppenheimer, I would have like tried to sneak a minion into the background behind Bobby Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. What if mm-hmm. they were there mm-hmm. working on the bomb? Mm-hmm. Banana minion, minionheimer, <laughs> bananaheimer. Um, <laughs> but yes, and so there's been a new prophecy since then that another. If another one of the big threes, Half Blood, reaches the age of sixteen, something mm-hmm. bad will happen. Yeah, like this this kid is gonna decide the fate of Western civilization. And again, this is a terminology that the book uses it's that weird. we don't necessarily yeah. have to endorse. But uh, Western civilization is great, and we should want it to continue forever. Yeah, uh, it used to be centered in like Greece and Rome, but now, of course, it's centered in America because America rules. USA, USA. The book is the book kind of just throws <laughs> up its hands and just like. That's where it landed. Yep. Mm-hmm. There, one of the antagonists wherever of this the, book... Wherever the coolest, whitest people are, that's where the seat <laughs> of Western civilization where, and the God's power is. There is a point where the antagonist, Luke, does say in a join me speech, in a Kylo Ren-esque join me speech to Annabeth, he says, the West is rotten to the core. It has to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting that that text was in the book. Yeah. Given it to anyone to speak, mm-hmm. given the way these books are structured. Um, and so uh, there, there was another person who they thought the prophecy might have been about, but she like gave her life and became a tree that protects Camp Half-Blood. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, Thalia, so now, yes. and so now that Percy's been discovered, everybody thinks maybe it's him. But Percy's like 13, right? 13 or 14? Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. 
Um, and so, like the whole plot, so of we the, don't know. Yeah, the whole plot of the first book, he meets Annabeth, who's his cool friend. She's also Athena's daughter. Athena's daughter. Athena and some guy. Yeah, I love some that distant part of businessman. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Grover, who is a satyr. Chiron, who is a centaur. Uh, Luke, who is Hermes' son, who winds mm-hmm. up being a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, Clarice, who is Ares', Ares daughter, daughter. Mm-hmm. who is like not a bad like she is antagonistic mm-hmm. but she is aligned with camp half-blood at least in these books I'm trying to think of the harry potter analog it's not quite a malfoy a no, Draco it's not malfoy, a malfoy but though though he does end up being like a big butthead but not like evil yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like genocidal or yes. whatever <laughs> um and there's like a whole plot where someone stole Zeus's thunderbolt they try. Someone is trying to frame Percy for this to like cause a war among the gods. Mm-hmm. Turns out that it is the Titan Kronos, mm-hmm. who has been banished to the depths of Tartarus, and is like masterminding. Yeah, masterminding. Trying to come back. Some sort of comeback. Mm-hmm. He's talking to his managers. He's wondering what albums he can release to like go yeah. back on tour. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, the other Titan, the other Titans will not be involved in this no. in this reunion, but <laughs> Buckethead will be there though. If you just if you just get Kronos, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Percy, over the course of that book, learns to be a hero. He has a cool sword pen called Riptide. Mm-hmm. His father claimed him and like kind of named him as a hero, but he's kind of lonely because he doesn't. There aren't any other kids of Poseidon. Yeah, Poseidon doesn't talk to him a lot. No, nope. Poseidon's kind of like a beach bum. Yep. He's kind of got a hands-off parenting style. He really does. Uh, and it also means Percy has some cool water powers. He feels mm-hmm. at home in the water. He, over the course of this book, develops a lot of sick water superpowers that mm-hmm. he did not have mm-hmm. in the first book. Mm-hmm. He can steer a boat. He can tell a boat. He can just tell boats what to he do. He can tell a boat what, especially like an old-timey boat. Yes, it has to be an old-timey boat. I don't know if he had like a nuclear submarine, if he would feel the same level of attached to it, but <laughs> if you got an old-timey boat up in here, he can. it's like an extension of his body. Yes, and he can mm-hmm. create bubbles underwater now, and he can just like swim underwater super fast. He's got cool water powers, but that's... He's like, he's got that badge from Super Mario Wonder, the dolphin one. good game that makes That, that makes you so swim far. fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like I like the parachute. Who? Which god would that be? Parachute a hat. Par- parachute hat. I don't know. What's the? Who's the god of headwear? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe Hermes. Yeah, because doesn't Hermes give him a thermos with the winds in it? Yeah, he does have. Yeah, he yeah. does have the wind. Mm-hmm. So is that all we need to know about the first book? Yeah, probably. probably. I mean, there's the whole thing where like the he has a crappy stepdad who he turns into a statue mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we don't. <laughs> but but he's never mentioned again. No, no, no. Like no. just like this murder that they did. So we don't need to mention it again either. That's true. And his mm-hmm. mom is like, in like it's not like his mom doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, his mom knows what's going on. She's just not part of the part of the world. Yeah, sure. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we will talk about the Sea of Monsters. Craig. Andrew. I'm here to tell you that the perfect present doesn't always have to be difficult to find. A digital picture frame from Aura Frames is thoughtful, meaningful, and perfect for pretty much everyone. They even come in a premium gift box, so shove that wrapping paper back in the closet. Put it back in there. Oh, gosh. Why'd you even get it out? (laughs) 
I bought an R frame years ago for my grandparents who live hundreds of miles away from us. Um, they love seeing new pictures of their great grandkid grandkid as he grows in between visits. And it even works there if, if there are lots of grandkids involved since anyone you invite can add photos to the frame. Uh, so Aura Frames, there are a little screen that you set up in your room. There's an app. You put photos from your phone into the app, and then the photos appear on the frame. I like there that. You go. I, yeah. I dig that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you pick one of their frames. You easily set it up in minutes and start sharing your favorite photos and videos using the free Aura app. It comes with unlimited storage, and it's super secure, which is good to know. I love to know that things are super secure. <laughs> You know me. <laughs> you do. You do. And you are not kidding. You like things to be secure, <laughs> whether it is a thing that is hanging from a wall or some mm-hmm. sort of digital like security interface. Mm-hmm. You want it to be locked down. I would like I want it to be super secure. Yeah. Uh, so from now through Black Friday and Cyber Monday, visit AuraFrames.com and get $40 off their best selling Carver mat frame with the code overdue. This is their best deal of the year, so get yours now. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com with the promo code OVERDUE. Terms and conditions apply. You may know this, Andrew, but it is officially time to kickstart your holiday shopping. Yes, I was just talking about this. I know, and I want you to know (laughs) that there is no cause to panic. Mm -hmm. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list, whether you're shopping for mom, dad, teenagers, in-laws, or your best friends, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. I was browsing the books list, because I think some of our listeners may enjoy that. Yeah, books. Thing I thought they have just books. You can just get (laughs) books, which is cool. You can Mm -hmm. get like personalized books. You know, with somebody's name or like if you're getting books for a little kid, that's always fun. Uh, I do like this thing I found that is a book nook reading valet. It's hmm. like a little stand that you could put your reading glasses and a little cup of tea on. But it also has like a little pyramid that you can put your book on open to the page where you left it. Huh. as like a neat little just a little like both to save your page but also to show off to other people that you're working that on a book. You, yes, that you've not just that you have a book, but that you've opened it and that your eyes have moved over the ink. They don't need to know mm-hmm. how long it's been on the book nook. Yeah. Right? It could right. you don't even have to admit whether or not you read the first 20 pages. It's fine. But it sure does it makes it look like you're reading a book. Though. It's pretty cool. They have lots of little <laughs> stuff like that. They have cool bookmarks and in addition to the custom books. When you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. They look for products that are high quality, unique, and often made in the United States. They have something for everyone, not the same lackluster gifts you could find just everywhere. Uh, and with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give one dollar back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. To get fifteen percent off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com/overdue. That's uncommongoods.com/overdue for fifteen percent off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. So the Sea of Monsters, Andrew, begins. Mm-hmm. Percy finds himself in a new school because, of course, we have to, like, reset back to the quote-unquote yeah, real world. Yep, yep. And this is another this is another Harry Potter thing where the beginning of most of those books is like, yeah, Harry has to go back during the summer to live with his crappy relatives for some contrived reasons. And the first few chapters are always about some goofy happenings that occur. 
Yes. And this is, I think, this, like, dwells on that less. Correct. I think Mm -hmm. than than the Harry Potter book does. Like, we just jump into supernatural stuff a lot faster, I think. But there still has to be a transitional period in between regular human school, which he has to attend for some reason, (laughs) and God Camp, which he gets to go to in between doing regular human school. He is at Meriwether College Prep in New York City. Which uh, he describes as kind of a bit of a touchy-feely school. Mm-hmm. Um, the one struck me funny that I noted was, the only bad thing about Meriwether was that the teachers always looked on the bright side of things. And the kids weren't always, well, bright, good job, <laughs> Percy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Um, but yeah, it does the... And the, the first book did this too, where it was like, it's not just, oh, here's his humdrum life. It is like, here's his life invasion of supernatural stuff mm-hmm. yeah he's there's like this kid tyson uh who goes to the school and is like doesn't is homeless doesn't you know and is there as an act of charity is like the setup of it's it it's a strange it's very like, bizarre there's an act of charity but then they let him go live in a box but <laughs> it's weird uh-huh um, and they don't. Nobody intervenes when the other children make fun of him nope. for looking or being different. Nope, it's weird. Uh, but a bunch of monsters attack during a game of dodgeball, which honestly, most games of dodgeball is just being attacked by monsters. Um, yeah, they were. They're like you know these. They are lace dragonians. I'm not familiar with this from Greek myth, but they're mm-hmm. some, another form of like man-eating giant creature. Um, yeah, th- this series always try like it, it's trying to hit like middle grade series fiction. Yeah. Kids. Beats. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. also trying to hit mythology kids. Mhm. And you know if you were a mythology kid in school. <laughs> you if you're listening right now, you know. If you're everybody, like Craig, you said Lace Dragonians yeah. are wrong. <laughs> mhm. Everybody knows a couple of mythology kids. I wish I knew more honestly. Mhm. As I move through my day-to-day life now, yeah, wouldn't mind knowing a few more mythology kids. I mean, we know the parents of some mythology kids. Yeah, but, I yeah. feel very lucky to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he is attacked on the dodgeball court um, and is saved by his friend. His Well, he's saved by Tyson, who is the, the kid who is from the streets. That's Tyson is just he's he's very large. He's yes. like six foot four and he's he wears size 20 shoes. Yeah. And he's big. He's just a big boy. And he does kind of have the like stereotypical younger than he should be speech pattern mm-hmm. where it's like per, he's talking to Percy and he's like, Percy angry with me? Like it's kind of like it's not quite like a geico caveman situation (laughs) but you get you know what i'm putting down in the midst of this is when the bathroom explodes or the locker room explodes and percy's getting blamed for it and then uh oh because tyson is like super strong like and like is fending off fireballs from these magical creatures yeah and and percy is like you know he's not thinking about a lot no Percy has enough time during this confrontation to think about the boys' locker room being filled with explosive <laughs> farts, butt, butt gas, I guess, <laughs> but not enough time to be like, "Well, why is this? Why is this big kid 
able to handle these fireballs that yeah. these big these big monsters are throwing. Uh, and in the midst of that, Annabeth shows back up. He hasn't seen Annabeth since last summer. Uh, she helps him escape uh, and get away from this school that is clearly blaming him for all the bad stuff that just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it is that, th- this is something that I remember from, you know, Harry Potter and just from the this this style of adventure story where like b- characters can't just move from one place to another. There has to be like a whole little thing that gets you there. They yeah. take like a very harrowing cab ride from the Grey Sisters, mm-hmm. where everyone is going to like puke and thinks they're going to die in this cab. It can't just yeah. be like, and then they got to Camp Half-Blood. Which right. Is, but it's also not a, a scene where like they overcome an obstacle either. Yeah, it's just, it's just a weird thing. A weird thing happens. They are briefly in some, some amount of physical danger, but it's yes. not... Like it's not what the book is about, so we're not going to dwell on it. <laughs> the main thing that comes out, they get some coordinates for, or they get a prophecy that involves numbers, which later we find out are latitude, longitude coordinates. But mm-hmm. uh, the big deal here is as they arrive back at Camp Half Blood, things are bad. It's yeah, bad. Things are there bad now. at Camp Half Blood. Like some monsters are attacking. The tree is weak. Yeah, the tree is weak. Someone's poisoned this this kid tree. Yes. And it couldn't have been the guy in the last book who was poisoning people. <laughs> no, it couldn't definitely. have been. It couldn't have been the 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 bad guy from the last book who got away. Yeah, and is still at large. No, definitely couldn't have been him. Who who knew all the ins and outs of the of the camp? And nope. yeah, no, couldn't be. Him. It could be him. So don't worry about it. So Annabeth has a has like crashed into this book with big like we have to go back. Percy energy like things are not as good as they were monsters mm-hmm. are attacking mm-hmm. it's your kids Marty that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and so they go but then it's like then there's like a weird rhythmic thing where it's like let's start camp again let's yeah right do we're, we're, still back, we're still back at camp but Kyron's not there because he's been fired because yep. I get because he let the tree get poisoned I they're guess they're blaming him for the tree poisoning even mm-hmm. though Percy is very certain that that's not true which spoilers yeah. it's not true it's not true we knew that um, and we I mean there's like some humor derived <laughs> from the fact that isn't it Tantalus who ends up be- what is being, up with Tantalus he can't eat he can't eat he's but not he's allowed like, to eat stuff. He's the replacement for Chiron. Yeah, the like the replacement boss, and he's just like bad. He's just bad. I kept waiting for him to be like on the side of evil, and it's just actually that he stinks, right? Like he's just a bad. He's guy. just like a bad guy who yeah. can't eat. Yeah, <laughs> he's always like putting the kids through extra amounts of danger, and mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be taking the danger to the camp seriously either. Mm-hmm. Um. And so while this also Tyson has been admitted into the camp, well, Annabeth well, invited Tyson, him. He's, he's a monster. Tyson, yeah, he's a cyclops. He's a cyclops. He's a baby cyclops, which means he is the offspring of Poseidon, mm-hmm. which means he's Percy's half-brother. Nice. So there is an arc for Percy. Yeah, so per- yeah Percy had been the... Semi unwilling only friend of Correct. this of this kid at, school. at his yeah. regular high school, and then he finds out that they're brothers, and he's like, "Well, great, yep. Now I have to hang around with this this guy who 
I like he he's just he's he's a little he's just a little unwilling the whole time. He doesn't yep. he doesn't quite want to be like saddled with taking care of Tyson because Tyson does need taken care of in a lot of ways and that for me is one of the things that like and it, it it didn't land until the very end of the book when percy as you can probably imagine comes around on tyson for a variety of reasons involving mm-hmm. their in, in their adventure mm-hmm. um but it it hit for me where this book is like yeah i'm gonna write about some stuff that kids experience what if yeah. you're an older sibling and you like kind of don't like and you think your little (laughs) sibling stinks and is embarrassing you all the time and what if they're your half sibling and so like you have to navigate that but you still have that that sense of i mean i listen i have i have complicated feelings about this person who i am who i am tied to by the bonds of bonds of blood (laughs) but if you try to make fun of them or you try to attack them like that's not that's not cool oh like philadelphia with anything that happens in the city of philadelphia yeah <laughs> how dare you criticize gritty we love gritty now yeah yeah, yeah. exactly gritty's great i even think remember everyone gives us guff and this maybe maybe this maybe want to talk about hitchbot work. everybody gives us guff for destroying that robot but we prevented the rise of the machines and We're i just like front of it that that Robot is trying to lull us all into a sense of, I don't know. He's just trying. He's trying to put a put a good foot forward and trick us. Yep. Into thinking that all the robots are going to be friendly. No, never. Which which Terminator was the T one thousand? Was that the T one thousand? I believe was the was that the liquid metal one from okay. Terminator two? We don't. Which one is the first Terminator? It could have been Hitchbot. You it don't know that. Yeah, because even the Arnold Schwarzenegger model was like isn't he the t100 or something? i think he like might be the t100 had to start somewhere we we did y'all a service the t1000 is the is the, the liquid, liquid metal, metal one. one okay yeah so definitely not his spot uh-huh <laughs> look just and the and the yeah the arnold terminator is cyberdyne systems model 101 so I there am... are at least there are at least 100 other like prototype terminators before Arnold and I think Hitchbot, yeah, was yep. number one. Yep, I'm so happy to be on the record as being pro offing Hitchbot. <laughs> yeah, think of all the data that he got while he was hitchhiking through the United States and Canada. I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. That's why he's I... going to bring it back to all his robot buddies, and they were going to use it all to <laughs> nuke Toronto or whatever. <laughs> Not us. Not us. Couldn't be us. <laughs> So, back to Percy Jackson, of course, who's never heard of Hitchbot. Um, there, so he's dealing with the Tyson thing, and I, I, I do think that like the the relationship to Tyson is kind of a is a good spine for you know your your kid is reading this book and you want to have some stuff to talk about that isn't just the Greek myths. Right? Yes, and we and we aren't quite ready to do. Percy Annabeth shipping stuff. We're not yet. yet. Even even though there is some there are some nudges toward that. Some nudges. Yeah. Um and the most of those nudges I think actually come in the the Circe Island section Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where we're also dealing with like pre adolescent self image or not pre like adolescent self image stuff. 
yeah that yeah. both characters are dealing with and and again that's the other part of this book that uh like worked for me as like it's not just let me cleverly insert some myths into a YA adventure it's like let yeah. me tap into what some kids might be feeling along yeah. the way so yeah they are they are at camp things are bad at camp yep bad it's, at camp. it's not it's not the camp that percy remembers Mm-mm. uh somebody needs to save the tree clarice yep. is officially given this quest clarice Correct. the our frenemy and yep. daughter of Ares, yep. who percy hates because mm-hmm. percy kicked his butt in the last book yep um and again, I don't know why I always feel like I end up defining book characters in terms of like who would have been at January 6th or not. But Aries would have been at January 6th. Aries would have? Yes. Are you kidding? Yeah. Clarice, I don't know if Clarice no, would have been. I don't think I don't know that I don't think Clarice would have been at January 6th. She's too young, first of all. No. But probably was no. in school. Yeah, was in school. I don't even think if I don't even think she was one of the people who quote left before it got violent. Stop it! <laughs> We're playing all the hits tonight. Uh, but it's a, Clarice... a loose energy. We haven't recorded in a while. <laughs> it's been a week. What, what I liked about the setup here is that so like there's a big deal made in the first book about when characters are given a quest. Uh huh. And like a hero gets a quest, and then it's like you this, get a, like, you get a quest. You go to see the oracle, like it's the thing that Percy did in the last book. Yeah, so it's kind of neat that in this book, it's like it's not even Annabeth. It's a character that we are explicitly like not supposed to like. Yeah, why is this character off doing all the protagonist things? Yeah, and so that's kind of cool. Percy and Annabeth aren't supposed to join her on this quest. Like she's supposed to go off on her own. And meanwhile, Percy. I think it's Tantalus who's like, "Yeah, I've I've chosen somebody for this quest, and nobody else is allowed to leave." Yes, Tantalus yeah. does say that. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, Percy is like, "Where is my best friend Grover, the satyr who went off on his own quest at the end of the last book to find Pan? To find Pan? And I've had some weird dreams where I don't. Know, I don't maybe look in dishwasher mm-hmm. if you want to find Pan." Mm-hmm. Maybe it dirty. Maybe it dirty. You're right. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, he gets some dream emails, dream Skype calls. The book kind of opens with a dream mail from Grover because yeah. he's kind of fleeing some mysterious something. And That's then Percy right. That's right. Wakes up. Yeah. Uh, and then Percy gets more from Grover that are like, "Hey, I'm stuck on this island." I'm tricking this Cyclops, um, you know, the one from the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Polyphemus uh, is here. Yes, he is here, and he can't see real good, so I'm wearing a wedding dress that I've been making and unmaking, also like the Odyssey. Also like Penelope from the Odyssey. To convince him that I am not a goat worth eating, and because I made an empathetic link with you, Percy... Uh, to send you this message, if if he eats me, you also, Percy Jackson, will die. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> um, so the stakes are clear for Percy that he does have to, while, while he is explicitly forbidden from going on this quest, he will probably have to go on his own adventure to, yeah. to save both his friend and his own life. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Maybe it will align with the quest. Maybe. And Anything could happen. Where is Polyphemus' island, Andrew? Where is it located? 
the sea of monsters in the sea of monsters which when we get that official name it's very national treasury to me because <laughs> the a, a dynamic in these books so far is that like percy likes greek myth stuff but he's actually pretty bad at remembering the details yeah. of it mm-hmm. And so constantly, which is, which is done, I think, mostly so that he doesn't automatically know the answer to every puzzle yes. that he's presented with. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, and so Annabeth is usually the one who is like in the moment schooling him on the history. And so Annabeth is like, yeah, uh, the Sea of Monsters is just off the east coast of the U.S. now, just northeast of Florida. The mortals even have a name for it. And he says, the Bermuda Triangle. And she goes, Exactly. I let that, and it was. It just had like Nick Cage telling me there's a map on a document <laughs> energy, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the coordinates from the ladies in the taxi cab are going to point them to. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, so they're going to sneak away. They're going to go on an adventure. I like. They find like the monster cruise ship that has Luke on it, and Luke is like scheming still, like. Luke yes. is involved already. Well, and that and that's a fun follow up to Hermes be giving them some magic items and being like, "Hey, if you see my son, just like talk to him for me." Because Luke's whole deal is that he hates his god dad. Yeah, it's it's, an, it's another theme that that this book pokes at a little bit is like a lot of these kids have absentee god, yeah, not god parents, but god dash parents. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. how you how you respond to that is a big part of like where you end up in this like is should in, I destroy Western civilization yes. or not in the D and D alignment Lubric. chart yeah yeah for sure yeah um, so like it is the, the, and and the book comes down on like usually these these parents do care about their kids they're just trying to have a light touch. Because if they're always swooping in and saving their kids all the time, they're never going to learn anything and nobody's going to respect them. And it's like, in theory, the absentee parenting is because it builds character, I guess. There was also something at the end of the book. I think it's a conversation between Chiron and Percy where Chiron lays out why the half-blood like heroes are important. Which is mm-hmm. that like the evil stuff in the world. Like monsters, when you defeat them, they come back. Like they just, they turn into dust or whatever, and then they'll like they'll reconstitute at some point because they're mm-hmm. magic. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because the, like the potential for evil and wrongdoing among just living creatures is always going to be there. And so you need these heroes who can move between the realm of the gods and the realm of man, who can step in. And so, like, the gods... Well, because they, they can touch both worlds. Yes, And so that's, that's what makes them so important. It's like a whole yeah. thing where, like, yeah. god weapons can't hurt humans and yada, yada, yada. Um, and so there's, like, this... N- there's this perpetual need for this class of heroes uh, or else, you know, the world will fall apart, which is also mm-hmm. why the gods can't, like, directly intervene all the time. I, just, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's... A little yeah. pat, a mm-hmm. little cute, but mm-hmm. interesting. So yes, they go on the cruise ship. Oh, oh, Luke's evil. They have to escape the cruise ship. That's fine. Whatever. Like Luke is not a big part of this book, even though he 
like kind of like bookends he the did, adventure. He did do the bad thing yeah. that made Camp bad that sort of launched the whole thing in the first place. He's pretty mask off working for Kronos now. Yeah, we, mostly most of the the Luke stuff in this is setting up like, oh, he's got like little chunks of Kronos in like a coffin on his evil boat. Yes. And Kronos is slowly coming back. And he, what if he used the fleece to The heal, golden fleece. To have we that, even talked about the golden fleece we, yet? We have not. <laughs> That's the MacGuffin of the book. They yeah. need to go get the, need to save uh, Grover and they need to get the golden fleece because the golden fleece maybe can make the poison tree better. Yes. Which will protect Camp Half-Blood from all the monsters. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Um. Maybe Luke is also getting the thing. Okay, they go out into the into the ocean um, after they escape from the evil cruise liner, and uh, oh, they deal with Skilla and Charybdis. Cool, cool, cool. Well, first they meet Clarice, who oh, is on a on a boat of Confederate this is, losers. This is wild. It's like a, it's a it's an iron plated boat from the Civil War. Because the losing side in every war just has like pay tribute to Ares forever because like as as payment for losing. Yeah, the CSS Birmingham. It is. I thought that was weird. It's weird, and I like it, but it's weird. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I am on. Well, and and Clarice (laughs) has this weird relationship with Ares, where like Ares had a conversation with her that was like, "Don't you mess up this quest." Yeah, Ares not a great dad. No, bad dad. Um. And so we have this kind of like the book allows us to feel pity for Clarice for this relationship. And so mm-hmm. she is still kind of commanding a boat of zombie Confederate soldiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, of course, do not make it through Skilla and Charybdis, uh, which is also where our heroes get separated again. They end up on, I don't remember what it's called in the book, like CeCe's Spa or something. Yeah, 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 that's that's right. Um, and that follows the pattern that the book did a few, the first book did this like multiple times, I think, in my recollection anyway, where it was like, here's a cheeky alternate name or setup for what you the reader will soon recognize is a mythical creature yeah because all these you know this is happening thousands hundreds or thousands of years after the original myth- mythological myths, stories yeah. would have taken place and so yeah maybe people are doing something slightly different maybe they have have modernized their holsties <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's the deal with cc Yes, it's, it's this mystical spot. Oh, Tyson was lost in the Skill and Charybdis stuff. Yeah, um, no, he and like he he has a an affinity for like machines, I guess that we also find out during this phase. Oh, because the Cyclops like work with Hephaestus. Yeah, mm-hmm. is like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, and he's going to want an internship program, I guess. <laughs> Which is a way at the end of the book to write him out of being in the party. Like you can't have a super powered Wookiee in your party all the time or else. Yeah. The just like, just like Grover was written out of the party in yeah, the last little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but so now it's Percy and Annabeth. They wind up on Cece's Island and this is, Oh wait, Cersei from the Odyssey. So, you know, she's going to turn some people into pigs. There's a bunch of Guinea pigs. And this is where I yeah. She says that regular pigs are just too big and hard to take care of and sloppy and nasty, so she turned them into guinea pigs instead. And she's kind of courting Annabeth into being a sorceress like her. So like, there's this whole like look into the mirror, see your true self, see a more attractive 
more interesting version of yourself. This is what I was alluding to with the like adolescent. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't you you don't know who you're becoming. You're not sure that you like who you are, kind of stuff. Um, and so Percy, which this was a weird, where like Percy gets turned into a guinea pig, mm-hmm. and then for like a few chapters after he gets out of being a guinea pig, which is solved by some multivitamins that Hermes gave them. <laughs> Hermes, we've skipped over some stuff I had about Hermes. It The stuff they give Hermes to say in this book is kind of wild, like how he invented the internet. Yeah. And his snakes are named after George and Martha from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, I guess. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Percy, like, feels, like, scared and kind of nervous, like a guinea pig, for, like, several chapters after being one. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of interesting to give... Yeah. It kind of give a reason why a hero might have self-doubt for part of the book, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Because Annabeth saves the day there. Like, Annabeth is the one who saves him from Cersei. Um, yeah. With the multivitamins and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the Sirens passage, Andrew? I thought it was was neat character work for that was mostly what it was right yeah yeah um because they this is this is a big odyssey themed book i mean i guess all the odyssey took place on the sea of monsters for some reason (laughs) (laughs) um but the the I think the last thing that they do before they get to Polyphemus's island is the sirens because they're just kind of tracing Odysseus's path is they yeah they they hear the sirens um oh they're on Blackbeard's boat that they took from Cersei's yeah they took yes they took the Queen Anne's revenge for reasons we don't need to get into (laughs) um and as we talked about before Percy has cool like boat powers where he can steer this boat and so he's steering and Annabeth is like okay the sirens you you if you listen to them you're going to be drawn to them and you're going to like founder on the rocks and you're going to die that's the whole thing with them yep but if you can listen to them without you know getting drawn away they do tell you some useful stuff and so why don't we strap me to the mast and i will try to listen and get more information about where we need to go for our quest because there's some time pressure like every once in a while you check back in with grover via a dream and Polyphemus is getting wise to his unraveling yep, yep, scheme. Yep. And at this point, I think they've got like 24 hours until. Yeah, they got to get there. Yeah, they got to get there fast. Uh, and so they do this, but Annabeth uh, escapes because she needs to just go for the sirens. She's hearing their song. She needs to go to them. When And so she is swimming to them. Uh, she clearly sees, you know, like beautiful women, just like regular looking ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Percy sees them as the horrible monsters that they, mm-hmm. in fact, are. He's got candles in his ears. Yeah, he, he's got wax in his ears. So he's swimming for Annabeth. And as he like grabs for her, he sees what she is seeing, you know, based on what she's hearing from the sirens. And it's like it's New York, but it's been like redesigned in sort of Greek fashion. And she's talked a lot about being an architect and like building things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like she's and she's there and her family's all together. And it's it's all about how she wants to 
she wants to be this like renowned architect who's well known for stuff and she wants her family to be get be together and that's what she wants and, and that's th- what the sirens are playing off of and like luke is there too and they're friends again yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah which is also mm-hmm. like a big thing yeah um and it's yeah it's it's like a great little nugget of annabeth development mm-hmm. which is kind of cool and also mm-hmm. uh percy gets a cool bubble power <laughs> like it's yeah, like percy gets a power where they, they go underwater like to to make it so Annabeth can't hear the sirens anymore, they go underwater because the sound can't travel underwater. Yeah. So they don't because they don't want to drown. <laughs> Percy draws <laughs> all these air bubbles to them and makes like a bubble helmet. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like I like that passage. Mm-hmm. Um. And in general, just like Percy and Annabeth are a fun duo to spend time with. That's what makes the book work for me, despite. Some of the like, I am not 10. I don't need this to be pitched to me as a 10 year old stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then we're on Polyfem- Polyphemus's island. The sheep are monsters. They're, ooh, they're scary sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do kind of cartoon piranha eat stuff yeah. bits. Um, and Clarice is there. Polyphemus has basically captured her. And they also have to rescue Grover. Mm-hmm. And this is just a long, mostly a long action sequence with some trickery of Polyphemus with Percy. Yeah, they bring the they bring the nobody thing from the yep. Odyssey back into it. Yep, mm-hmm. totally. Um, and then kind of Percy and oh, and Tyson is back. Tyson showed up on the hippocampus that he befriended earlier in the book. And so there's like a lot of like, is he can. Is he a Cyclops or is he a traitor to Cyclops kind? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'm with my brother. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat the crap out of Polyphemus. They really beat the crap out of him. They don't per- kill him. They could no. have, I guess, but they don't. But like Percy like goes Super Saiyan on him. Like has mm-hmm. like fighting skills that he has not had before. Yeah. Uh, which is fun. Uh, and they, so they, they rescue everybody. They yeah. get the Golden Fleece. Grover's back in the picture, which is neat. We like Grover. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Grover's fine. Uh, then they just wind up back on the evil cruise boat mm-hmm. um, because Polyphemus has destroyed the Queen Anne's Revenge and Luke has shown back up. Yeah, and Luke was like, I'm going to get the, uh, I'm going to let you get the Golden Fleece and then I'm just going to capture you and take it from you. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but Percy is like, he, so Clarice had her oracle prophecy given yeah. to her. Percy gets oh, her to right. tell oh him yeah yeah and then he has like this selfless moment where he's like yeah clarice you're the hero of this like you need like here's here's another i mean this her happened pro- in the last book too is yeah we're doing all the supernatural stuff and then right there at the end of the book you do just have to get on a regular airplane a plane. and fly back to the <laughs> camp so okay, Clarice, and Clarice is allowed to be the hero who solves the solves the book and brings the fleece back to the tree. They do buy her a last minute plane ticket from Miami to Long Island that only costs three hundred dollars. Costs less than three hundred yeah, dollars or less. Mm-hmm. Yes, plus the cab fare. Yeah, kind of set off my. Uh, you could have so this came this came out in two thousand six. <laughs> you could have bought a plane ticket for this. In the depths of the Great Recession, a couple of years later, yeah, but no, you couldn't. <laughs> I don't think you could have done that. It's funny no. to me, um, but no. So they're, she's going to take because her prophecy was like she'll only succeed with friends. Cool, 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 mm-hmm. cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do get captured by Luke and put back on his evil cruise ship, 
um, where and there's like a fight, right? Well, the the thing first is that uh, Percy exposes Luke's plan through like trickery trickery yeah. he like sets up a skype with half-blood camp he throws a coin into the water which sets up a skype with half-blood camp. using iris messaging and outing yeah and outs luke as the obvious like obviously it was him all along who poisoned, who poisoned the tree, the tree yep, yep. and for like clears chiron's name which then means chiron and a bunch of party ponies a bunch of like rambunctious centaurs uh-huh show up yeah party ponies you know um what do they call the people who go to Insane Clown Posse? Uh, uh, juggalos? Juggalos. Basically, centaur <laughs> juggalos show up. I thought they were more of a parrot head, Jimmy Buffett. They probably, vibe, you know, I had fun thinking of them as juggalos. As juggalos, sure. Mm-hmm. Whoop, um, whoop. Just the warped tour of centaurs shows up. Uh-huh. And they, that's not a juggalo tour, it's a different thing. If you were questioning whether or not I understood that, just on the record, skaters different um okay sure <laughs> they save the day is like kind of deus ex centaur which is appropriate given the you know that this is about gods yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and then we learn that chiron is the son of chronos mm-hmm. uh which is why everyone was suspicious of him percy, percy learns this percy learns this and yeah. so i learned i did not know this did you know mm-hmm. this I mean, I didn't know it, but if I was a mythology kid, I probably would have known it. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and then there's then we go back to Half Blood Camp, and we have like a little bit of denouement of like, oh, we get to have the chariot race that we didn't have before, um, and we set the golden fleece on the tree, and it's fixed, and it's fixed. It, it had earlier fixed Annabeth that was like very dramatic, like we saved Annabeth's life using the golden fleece. Cool, 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 cool. Um, but it did more than just fix the tree, Andrew. What did it do? It like fixed, it, like pulled the person back out of it. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't expect. I honestly was kind of surprised by that. Did you see that coming? No, I didn't see it coming. I liked that. I thought right. it was a genuine surprise. There was like one foreshadowing dream that Percy had, yeah. where he saw Thalia um, with her like kind of punk aesthetic. Mm-hmm. in a dream and he mm-hmm. didn't know who it was uh but now the fleece has worked too well brought back another a child of zeus which means maybe the prophecy's not about percy maybe it's not about percy and i think that's kind of fun i like that that's kind of fun and then the other thing is like chronos had had been trying to turn percy to his now cause, he, doesn't have to. he could just kill him and now realizes that like percy is not going to to be susceptible to that and so now he just he wants to kill percy instead of trying to keep him alive so he can use him yeah so that sets up the third book i think it's a pretty good setup yeah i'm i'm basically with you on like yeah some stuff happened in this book yeah maybe because i'm already i'm already hip to riordan's like here's my riff on the classic here's my riff on a myth like (laughs) You know, like where, like he's like, I'm just gonna put this on some different set dressing, and like part of the point is that the kid, rec- like reading the book, is like, oh yeah, it's that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know the the stuff that worked for me more in this. So I don't know. I don't know how many kids, like middle. I don't know how many kids who are like 
yeah, awesome fart jokes are also going to are also going to be like, oh, yeah, this happened in the Odyssey, a 24 <laughs> book epic that they make high school students read. I don't know. I, but I feel I like know. I have met yeah. the singular child who would have that reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm with you. That's probably not most kids. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a it's a meet kids where they are sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the stuff that popped for me more was the like the knowledge of it like the stink language as we called it uh, being a potential hook as well as the like adolescent feelings stuff both about yourself and about parents that the the parentage stuff being spread across multiple characters felt like an evolution from the first book yeah um yeah we're so because later like after this five book percy jackson and the olympians series it does expand to encompass other point of view characters. Cause yeah. again, in this book, we only really get stuff from Percy's perspective. True. Um, and yeah, the, the series, it feels like a natural evolution of the series, like widening in scope. And so we'll see what the third one is like, but yeah, it does, it does have room for more, uh, like generational trauma that isn't just Percy's. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's, it's kind of neat to see that take shape. Yeah, that's uh, the Sea of that's Monsters. That. That's the Sea of Monsters. I'm glad we made it out, Andrew. Yeah, me too. It's tr- it's tricky. I hear people get lost in the uh, b- quote unquote Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, very yeah. easily. Yeah, and when you I mean when you're podcasting, you can easily get caught between the the Scylla of making it long enough and the Charybdis of like too many tangents <laughs> that make it too long. <laughs> and so I think that we I think that we did okay. Yeah, good use of that. Yeah. Let's see if I can use Siddle and Charybdis in my everyday life. That's, that's up to you, my friends. It is up to me. If you have ever used Scylla and Charybdis as a metaphor in your life, send us an email. Or if you even haven't, just send us an email, overduepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media at overduepod. Thanks to Nick Larangis, who composed our theme music, Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? Overduepodcast.com is our internet website. We have a list of the books that we are reading at any given month up there. We have back episodes. We have links to subscribe. All kinds of stuff. It's a good website. Uh, it we is. Also pa- we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash overduepod. Uh, you can support the show financially, send our kids to daycare and preschool. Mm-hmm. And join our disc. You get some rewards, too. Join our Discord server and hang out. Uh, get access to bonus episodes early, including if you are riding this Greek wave with us, our first episodes of Stop Homer Time about Emily Wilson's translation of the Iliad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's all we got. If you want, if you thought that the gods did not intervene enough in Percy Jackson, they're intervening left and right in the Iliad. Come join us and talk about how whack it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Andrew, what do you talk about next week? Next week, I am reading All Systems Red, parentheses, Murderbot Diaries number one, close parentheses, by Martha Wells. Great. A lot of people in the Discord excited about that one. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing about it. Yeah, it'll be good. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening to us one more time. And until you listen to us one more additional future time, try to be happy. <laughs>
That was a HeadGum Podcast.